0: Good. Christina, come on up again. Um, Christina gets to come back again because she came up in the last service. Come on, give my daughter a big hand. Ta-da. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. It's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. So I thought this would be a good Father's Day move, you know. My son Ricky is not here, so she has to represent today. And so I had planned, I told you, that you would help me preach the sermon today. I told you that was the plan. But I changed it.
1: Thank God. I-
0: here, keep close to me. You. I'm your dad. It's Daddy's Day, right? Mm-hmm. So, when I do this kind of stuff, what goes through your mind?
1: Um, what is he getting ready to do Okay. goes through my mind?
0: Nothing else? That's it?
1: Happy Father's Day comes to my mind to all the awesome fathers out there in the sanctuary and on streaming and the one that is standing right here next to me.
0: You know what that is, right? You learn give that him a school. hand. Isn't
1: he so awesome? <laughs> no, is, no, no, no,
0: no. I paid for that. <laughs> I paid for that. It's called distractions. You know, when the kids are her, her degree or your degree in your degree is A in.
1: Child and Family Development.
0: And they taught you to kind of distract the kids. Yeah, you right?
1: redirect the behavior. So you're
0: redirecting me, kind of like yeah. it ain't working. So oh. anyway, <laughs> excuse my grandma. Um, so Father's Day, let's just talk real quick about what do you think the role of a dad is. The greatest thing a dad does is what?
1: Um In my opinion, for me, I believe the greatest thing a dad can do is just be present. Um, There's a motivational moment that Pastor's been doing on the TV stations. I'm pretty sure many of you have seen it. But the one that he did for Father's Day, he talked about the importance of a dad being in the house. And not just that person who pays the bills and makes sure the lights stay on, the water stays on. But that person who's physically there to help grow the household in, in, in order to nurture the household emotionally, spiritually, physically. You're there to, you know, poke at your kids a little bit, let them poke at you. You know, it's just important that you guys are in the house. So fathers are vital, you know, for our survival in, on this earth. And so we appreciate all the dads.
0: Well, I am thrilled uh, that you are happy and I'm not going to bother you anymore. <laughs> Give her a big hand. She's cool. Thanks, you girl. That's my big girl right there, man. I'm telling you what. Diane asked me when I was going to stop calling her that. I said, one day, it's not today. (laughs) I I, I don't know why. Nothing else comes out. I try to say, like, I don't know what else I could say. I could say her name. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Christina. But I'm not saying that. Um, I'm thrilled to have a daughter, thrilled to have a son, thrilled to be a father. But today's sermon is going to be helpful. Uh, For a lot of reasons, I'm going to help you today. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I thank you for this time together. I pray that what we talk about is uplifting and helpful. I pray that it starts something in the hearts and minds of your people in a way that will give them strength and faith. I pray, God, that where people have been hurt by their relationships with their dad, today would be a day of healing. For dads who don't know what to say to their kids, who are trying to figure out which way to go. I pray that today something great will happen in their hearts and lives. And I thank you for the opportunity to share in Jesus' name. Everybody say, amen. Amen. Today, we continue our study uh, on the Courageous Conversations. And today, we talk about the way we communicate, the power of what we say. I'm going to target some things for dads today because I think it'd be helpful to you because it's really important to think about what you have said to your kids, what you said to those that you lead and this whole issue of the impact of a father. And for some of you, this is going to be a little bit of a, a bittersweet sermon because some of you have a really good relationship with your father and some don't. Uh, on Father's Day, you have a little bit more of the, uh, I would call it, say I'm sorry, um, sorry for what happened, wasn't there. You have more of that stuff going on than on Mother's Day. That's just my opinion. Uh, Mother's Day, is more celebratory. You get roses and stuff. On Father's Day, there's traffic jams everywhere, right? Um, and IT's dying every year. I said, watch, there's going to be traffic jams everywhere. All the restaurants are going to be full. And she says, stop that. That's not true. I said, no. I believe that somehow in our culture there is a, almost an apology kind of thing that happens. And when these sermons, what I'm expected to do today is roast dads and challenge them, be a man, stand up with your kids. When in reality, what, what I think dads need is a word that will help them manage this thing called fatherhood. And what women need is a sermon that will help them understand this guy. What kids need is help with all of us. Come on, say amen. amen. They're trying to figure all of this out. But if I, I, I could be dishonest. I could, I could act like fathers have the same responses that moms get, and it's not true. And there's a good and a bad side to that. I'm different. I tell my kids, that. you got a mom and a daddy. I'm different. The way I see things, the way I respond to things is a bit different. Uh, And I understand why I'm different. God made me different. And it's God's intention in the design of the woman, uh, To embrace that design. One time, Diane told me, she says, So, what is it about this you don't like? The, the hand on the hip, the feet, I'm female. I thought, That's true. And I have to embrace what that means. And a lot of you think you know when you kiss and hug one, but you don't know till you live with one. Hello, come on, talk to me, somebody. You don't know. You don't know male either. You know your man. No, you're my man. Wait till you move in. <laughs> share checkbooks, share bills, share vision. That's when you start seeing what it means and how it all works. And part of it is awkward. This whole beginning of the sermon is a little bit awkward for some of you. Oh, what are you saying? I don't know either. I'm, I'm trying to guide you there. I'm trying to get you. I know what I want to say, but I'm trying to get you to a place where you understand the power of your role and you understand the power of how that's communicated. And it's awkward. It's awkward for a man to stand up and say, here's how I feel because he's not prepared for you to give how to, to give honestly how you feel. When you lay it on the table for him, here's how I see it. The challenge is you tend to be offended. When in reality, I had this new formula that I use to help me with offense. I understand that when we're talking, communicating, most of the time we're on different streets. Okay? In my mind, Right now, I'm on Hollywood Boulevard and Vine. If you've not been there, you don't know, you don't know what I see. The little restaurant here to the left, you don't, you don't see what I see. Man's Chinese Theater is that way. You can't see that. I can see it. Because I, 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 I can see manual arts high school. I can see that. That's where I graduated from. But I also went to Beach here locally. And I went to Rajon for a minute. So I can see those schools. And if you went there, you can see them but you can't see manual arts, and you can't see 52nd Street Elementary School, and you can't see John Adams Street Elementary School, the boys' yard and the girls' yard. Girls' yards over here, boys' yards over there. You can't see those streets because you're not there. But if I took you there, my wife has been there, and so she can see them, and my daughter can see them because they've been there. But you can't. That's how we are in communication. So the, the way that we get along is I take you to my street. I show you around. So that when I'm on that street, you know where I'm at. Because I knew Diane's mom, when she mentions her mom, I've been on that street. Her mom's passed on, but I've been on that street. When she talks about the house she grew up in, I've been on that street. I've been in that house. A lot of times you're talking to somebody and they've never been in your house. They've never been on your street. And that's why you can't communicate. And you're not taking enough time to go get on the street and see where they are. You know where you live. Drive to their street. See how they see money, how they see life, love, relationships. Let them teach you their street. Who says you got to stay there? At least you know where they're from. And when they start talking that way, you get it. Why are they so shy? Why are they so withdrawn? Why are they so afraid? Why won't they try? Talk to them. Let them tell you. Sometimes you can't change it. The goal, though, is to find your way to the right street. You've got to find a way to work together because a house divided against itself cannot what? Stand. It's going to fail. It's going to all fall apart. And if that's what you want, stay on this road. But if you want to find a better way, you've got to communicate, and that's a challenge. You've got to step back and ask yourself, what am I going to do? Because here's what the Bible said about your words. Your words are key to making sure Thing is going the right direction. So, this is the courageous conversation you need to have. And here's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Look at that. Fruit satisfies, word satisfies. words satisfy. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or or fruit. You choose. You've heard it this way, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's the King James Version. You have a powerful tool in your hands. The question is, what impact have your words had? As a father, what impact have your words had? Who have you impacted? I've learned that people can tattoo their name on your life. Some of you right now can remember words somebody said to you in high school. They are tattooed on. Some of you have seen, and I've seen, and I've been witness to how you go to a restaurant and you can tattoo your name on a waitress. That is not what I asked you to bring to me. I told you, well done. Were you listening? You just tattooed your name with your Overcome by Face shirt on. <laughs> Help God. It's easy. Caesar did not pay attention to what you say. One author said it this way, on one side of the scaffold is a a surgeon, on the other side is an amputation. Your words have that power. She will never believe in herself because she's with you. You're always pointing out what's wrong. The whole goal is to get everybody you know to get on your street, come over here where I am, vote with me, think like I think. Want what I want, just like I say. And the tragedy is, sometimes people never want to be on your street because of that. So you're alone, on your street with your words, yelling at people for not stopping by. But it's your words that keep them away. So let's take a journey, shall we, and talk about, if we can, four things our words teach us. In this series on courageous um, conversations, we talked last, the first week, about changing the way we see challenges. We talked about that. We talked about changing the way we work. Today is changing the way we communicate. Can you say all three? Please say changing. Changing. The way we see challenges. challenges. Changing. Changing. The way we work. work. And changing. Changing. The The way we communicate. Now, please keep it clear. We started the series talking about the importance of words, courageous conversations, sitting down, having conversations. now, we, Then we start talking about the importance of having making courageous changes. You can't just talk all of your life. you got to change. And some of the changes you've got to make is how you communicate. It's one of the big changes. And here are four things your words can teach you about the way you communicate. First of all, it shows you your level of maturity. Chapter 3 verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we should receive Uh, stricter, I'm sorry, yeah, let not many of you become teachers, because knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in what? Word, he is perfect. We all stumble in many things. Say that with me, please, come on. We all stumble in many things. We all are imperfect. Everybody, me, you, all of us. But here's a key measurement. If you can bridle your words, if you cannot stumble in word, you are mature, you're perfect. And you're able to bridle your whole body. It starts with your words. You want to change your career path. You want to change your relationship dynamics. If you want to change your relationship with your kids, it all starts with your words. And that's a measurement. The guy that can do that is perfect or mature, he says. I can tell. People can tell. People judge you. People hire and fire you based on what you say. They promote you, don't want to promote you. You're upset. Why won't they promote me? Maybe it's what you say. Maybe it's the word choices. Sometimes it's, it's important to take a step back. I did it yesterday, today. Let's change that. Let's not say it that way. Let's find a better word, a better way to express that. So how mature are you? You got to record yourself. When you get mad next time, record it. Excuse me, I'm going to tell you off in a minute. Okay, record. I think, let just say it. And then before you come to church next week, play it back. When you're in a qualm moment, play it back and listen to what you said. Then delete it. <laughs> you don't need any record of it. There's something about I do that. I do that in journaling. If I get really uptight, really upset, I write it down. I force myself. Write down in this paper, Temple, what you want to say. Come on. Say it. It's something about seeing myself. In my job, in my life, I'm always taped. And so because I'm taped a lot, I get a chance to see myself a lot. And I make myself watch. I challenge pastors to watch your sermons. See what you put people through. See how long you talk. See how you loop around and say the same thing over and over again. There's something something you learn about yourself. You learn learn your your, your personal level of maturity and how you phrase things. There's something about meeting that person. Yes, you, you do have a point, but you've never heard your point. And you don't always hear yourself when you're talking but I think it's important to step back and try. The second thing your words will teach you, not only will it teach you love of maturity, but it will teach you the direction your life is going. Notice with me in chapter 3, verse 3, he said, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn the, their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by, very, by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even the tongue is a little member and boast great things. See how, a great, see how great a forest a little fire kindles, kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the whole course of nature. The tongue has the power to show and forecast the direction of a life, just like a fire does when you light it. It's going that way. What, what direction would your words say you're going on the job? What direction would your words say you're going in your relationship? Is going well, or is it burning up? Thirdly, your words not only teach you that, but it teaches you a powerful lesson about what cannot happen. Nobody can control your tongue. Say it with me can't control control. my tongue. tongue. You know why? Because you can just think it. (laughs) I can can intimidate you into not speaking, but I can't intimidate you from not thinking. And if you say it out loud or you say it in your head, you still said it. It's so important for you to hear that our words show us that they cannot be tamed. Look at verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison, and that is a profound statement. So how do you stop it? Well, I'll give you a little hint. You need a little help. Especially when, we'll see in a minute, when your faucet fills up. It's hard when you're angry. It's hard when you think you're wrong. But it's important to understand your tongue cannot be tamed by me or your husband or your wife or your boss. That is, that's, They don't have the power to do that. Number four, our words show us our inconsistencies. Verse 9, with it we bless our God and our Father and with it we curse men who have made, who have been made in the in- similitude or the image of God, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and what? Curses. My brethren, these things are not to be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, b- uh, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Here's the bottom line. Your words show you how inconsistent your life has become. How can I curse you out tomorrow and praise God today? And then here's just, don't, don't feel bad about that for a moment. Just see it. I think it's so important for me to see my inconsistencies. It's so important for me to see that I'm not always flowing in the river I thought I was flowing in. And so it's a chance for me, again, to step back and have that courageous conversation with myself. And maybe answer some hard questions. So let me close with this. I want to give you, if I can, I wanted to have an open form Q&A, but I decided not to. I decided to just give you some questions, questions that I think people would ask me. Because now the question is, what do I do? And some of you have questions. And here's a couple of questions that I think people ask. If I were to ask you specifically about communication with your father, what would you want your father to say to you? Now that we've established a few things here from James, what would you want your father to say to you? What would, what would have been something you want? Would it be maybe I want um, him to just tell me sorry? Would that be yeah? yeah. Or oh, here's one. Just say you're proud of me. Just, just tell me you're proud of me. And, and, I, if, and fathers who are listening to this would say, I hear you. I hear you. And, and the father would probably have, if I asked them, what's hard for the father to say to the child, or specifically. And this is not a good answer, by the way. Fathers go through a whole lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of emotion, because they don't want to say anything wrong. So they think and pause, and plus they're not like women. Women are like Zorro with words. They're like swordsmen. <laughs> That's why when you argue with a man, you normally win. All right, tell me what you think. All right, no, 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 that's not what you said. <laughs> Women have a perfect directory. Whatever they say, you said, or your daughter, or your son, kids. So a lot of times men, they're, they're trying not to be warriors, because they're naturally warriors. They fight. I mean, I don't know if you know the man rules, but men fight. So normally, when a man speaks to a man, it's really simple. It goes like this You ready this conversation? How's it going? How was your day? That's it. <laughs> I'm going to be getting all in my business, Brother Rick You know, talking about, what'd you do? What'd you do at 9 o'clock? What'd you do at 10 o'clock? Hey, 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 brother, back up a couple of feet. I'm not a sister. I ain't going to give you all that information. You you're doing some spy work or what? No, I just want to know what you're doing. That's, you know, one would say, what, what you're doing? I just want to know how your day My day was fine. That's it. Everything is in that word. Fine. So a lot of times, men, <laughs> when men are asked to get into deep conversations, they're like, okay, where are we going? <laughs> <This> is dangerous. <laughs> we with the sharks. I'm not a shark. You calling me a shark? No, I just don't know what's happening. So if the daughter sits down with the dad and she wants to t- talk it out, why weren't you that for me? Okay. He's thinking now. And you wonder, why you got to think about it? He's not sure. I'm not saying it's a great answer or a great response. I'm just trying to talk to you. See, I'm trying to tell you which street he's on. Don't get lost. This is not about it being a perfect answer or a perfect response. This is me trying to say, let me tell you what street your son is on. Your dad is on. Figure that out. Okay, now that I've figured that out, he may only have this answer. did my best. And that may not be enough for you. You may say, what do you mean you did your best? I did my best. I used all the tools I had. Well, you needed more tools. True that. But I didn't. And I may not still have any more. So sometimes they bow out. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just simply saying there is a place in a guy's mind and a lot of fathers are sitting there saying you're telling the truth dude I may not have put it in those words Pastor Rick but I, I'm a little I'm uncomfortable uh, because for guys you know they have these interesting ways of processing things for example you never told me you loved me yes I did every time you ate them Captain crunches I told you I loved you, <laughs> you go in there and you crunch and crunch there you go I love baby I love you every time you slurp the milk Hmm, you driving in the car? That's love right there. I went to work for that. And then here's the the one that really gets you, right? I'm still here. What kind of answer is that? You still, you're supposed to be here. No, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be here. I'd be gone. And you're sitting there saying, these are terrible answers, and they probably are. (laughs) But it's what he's got today. Maybe I'll help them get a better one by tomorrow, but that's what we're working with. And let me help you. If you're going to communicate with people, you have to understand what they're saying with their words, not what you define. One of the greatest lessons I ever heard shared with me in college was a professor said, you tend to take your words or their words and attach your definitions to them. And you, get, you, 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 you misunderstand what's happening. Apperception, I think she called it. You, you take your words. What Diane means by having money is not what I mean by having money. What Diane means by uh, certain things, I had to learn just what Diane means. Because I didn't have the confidence she had in some areas. I didn't, I didn't believe that I said this the other day. I don't believe that I could walk in a grocery store with $20 and get to the cash register and not embarrass myself. If I know if it's $20, I need $40, $35. I need a lot of money because I need to be sure that I'm not going to get up there and be embarrassed. You know what I'm talking about? Because I know what's going to happen with me if I add it up. I might be off by a dollar or two. And I get up there, and they say $29. I say, oh, Jesus, I thought it was 19 I thought it was, I can add. Some of you say, can he add? I can add. But not as, not, that woman is amazing. I just love it. Bless her. God bless her heart. She is amazing And she trusts herself down to the penny with the taxes, not me. I want to have a little over. (laughs) I say that to say, that's the street she's on. That's the street I'm on. And once I understand that, then she says, "Okay, I I can relate to you. You're never going to communicate with your dad until you get on the same street. And it may be awful. His best is not enough. He didn't have the right tools. And so, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You don't let this be the hill you die on. And guys, on your side, let me tell you what I think you ought to try to do. You ought to try to say more than I did my best. You ought to try to say how you feel. something like this. Hey, baby girl, I want to talk to you. I'm a little uncomfortable, you know, getting all deep like this. And I feel like, okay, uh, I worked, gave you my best shot. I thought I was, you know, I, I, I lay it out the best you can. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes the mom and them didn't have issues. There's all these dynamics. And sometimes it, all that's playing in their mind. You know what I mean? All that's playing. Because everybody's on the, like, when you, when you come and you have these great conversations and you're sitting down and you're trying to work it out and, and you're trying to sort out, okay, so, you know, what, why didn't you show up or, or whatever or, you know, and, and you, you can't always get people to see your street. And you fear that in the beginning of the conversation. So you just, you just don't want to have it. And it shows up in your face. It shows up in the way you stumble over the words. Cause I'm not, I'm not listening. I, well, okay, here's here's the real story. Me and your mama didn't get along, and I didn't want to be around her, so I didn't come by. Bam. Now, not, 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 the mom may say that's a lie. It may be from the mom's perspective, but that's his that's history. She's got her street. There are all kinds of dynamics that play in these relationships. There's all kinds of things, and sometimes it's just. Trying to communicate through the fog. It's a fog and it's thick, full of garbage. Throw incest in there, sexual abuse in there, and it's worse. How do you go to this guy? I've had this happen more than I like to say. Because he's the guy who did it. So what does he say to her now? What does he say? How do you fix that one? I've seen seen courageous families get together and try to swim through that. And, man, I'm telling you, sometimes the girl knows and the dad knows, and sometimes the the dad and the boy know. They they know what happened. And sometimes the family knows. Sometimes they don't. It's It's just a fog. And nobody knows what to do about it. So what do you do? A lot of times, you just don't do anything. Everybody just pretends the best they can. Because he doesn't know what to tell you. Why did he do it? Sin. That's the short answer. And she's the victim of it, or he's the victim of whatever happened, and there's the sin. Or you feel rejected, or you felt like left out, or or here's a big one. Oh, here's a big one. You got married, you have a new family, and you have totally... Almost in the minds of those children, abandon them. Because you now have a new crew. I hear that, I see that a lot. <laughs> when you're the third crew, he's had three sets or four. And he waves at us and says hi every now and then. Isn't this just amazing? It's what God never intended. Just for the record. I'm preaching something God didn't want you to have to ever hear. But here's the question. So what do I do if you're a dad? Here's what you do. You really Look at the preacher. You're best. You just say hi. You tell them, I don't know how to work this out. You tell them, I am so sorry that I've had three generations of children and I am, I've got, I'm, I am spread out all over the place. And baby girl, baby boy, 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 I am just trying pray for me. I don't know what to do about this because it's all done now. And here's what you got to do. Everybody's got to chip in. It's kind of like a messed up house. Everybody cleans it up. Instead of just mocking me because I spilled the milk, get some towels and help me clean it up. I'm sorry I spilt it. I'm sorry. I can't pick it up. I'm sorry for what cho- the choices I made. I had a dad tell me the other day, I went to prison. I am so sorry, but I did go, and that's in my life now. God, how do you communicate that? I had a guy ask me in prison. It was so powerful, man. I'm telling you, not like going to prison and talking to people. Locked up there for 20 years and 15 years. Nothing like talking to those guys, gals too. I've done both women and male and female prisoners a lot. And what's fascinating is great question. How? I never forget this, this really handsome guy, man, sharp cut, cut tight. I mean, looking right. Jumpsuit, that's the only thing you wouldn't know. Take the jumpsuit off of him like a normal brother. But he's in there for a reason for 20 years. He did something. And when he stood up, he said, Pastor, I have a question and it's doing a Q&A session. He said, these words, I won't forgive them. He said, how do we go back to people we've offended? What do we say? And they all got quiet. About 200 of them sat there. I said, here's what you do. First of all, you say you're sorry. You ask for forgiveness. And if they can't forgive you, you understand that you burned that bridge. And then here's the hard one. Forgive yourself. Here's something that's even harder. Move on with your life. Because you can't fix them. Jesus is going to have to fix them. You might have damaged somebody beyond God's, your ability to fix them. You may can't apologize again for that. You stole too much money. You smoked too much dope. You did too much wrong. You lied too many times. Nobody believes you. You don't hardly believe yourself now. You lie so much so many times about so much and stuff you still ain't told the truth about right now. All you can do is lift it up and say, Jesus, here is my mess. Here is my garbage. I need you to help me. That's all you can say. That's all you can. stuff I need to say, but let me just say this to you. Read the rest on your
2: own.
0: You hear me? God knew before the foundation of the world you'd mess up. God knew before the foundation of the world that you wouldn't know what to say. God knew before the foundation of the world that this whole thing would collapse collapse in your face. But he's still God. He made a plan for your mess up. God has a plan for your life. God knows how to guide you to a better place. You don't have to sit here and just wallow in this. You may not have the words, but you can lift your hands up and say, Holy Spirit, give me the words. Holy Spirit, come into my life right now and fill me with your presence. God, I ask you in Jesus' name to help me put this fire out that I've set ablaze. All these people that don't believe me. All these people that I've tattooed my name on. Father, in Jesus' name, I I speak your word over my life. And I say in Jesus' name, take my life in your hand. Take my children in your hand. Take my daddy in your hand. In the name of Jesus, and lift me to a new place. Because I don't know what to do. Come on, say amen, church. I don't know what to do. You ever seen somebody pretending they know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing? Best thing you can ever do is say, I don't know what I'm doing. Walk up to your wife say, I done messed you up, girl. I've been crazy for a long time. I, <laughs> I done tattooed you all up and down. You, you got sleeves on you, baby. I, and I don't know what to do to fix it. So I lift my hands to God. Lay, maybe you ought to lay your hands on your wife and say, God, heal. Heal what I broke. Maybe you ought to get your children together and lay your hands on them and say, I'm going to pray a prayer. I can't apologize to you enough. I can't say enough words to you. So in Jesus' name, I pray for healing for my children. Some of you children got a daddy who can't say anything. He's so jacked up. He's so messed up. He's too prideful drowning in me. All you can say is, Lord, help my daddy. I stretch my hands to my father. We don't have the words today. He like an intensive care with pride wrapped around his mouth, arrogance, blinding his eyes. He knows what he did, but he don't know his way home. Save him, oh God. Touch it in a way that only you can touch it. I called my daddy this morning. He's 84 years old. And I hung up the phone. Happy Father's Day did all the normal stuff, right? And then I um uh, Call him back. Can I pray for you? Sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Lift your hand with me. We pray for our fathers today. We pray for the living fathers and the memories of the dead fathers. Some of us, oh God, have never let him die. We carry the wounds of what he did when he was alive in our souls. We carry the pain of disappointment. We carry the pain of abandonment, death. We carry the shame of his choices. And in our hearts, oh God, we struggle. So we pray for them. Lord, we pray for us. We pray for us. Help us, O God, in Jesus' name. Heal us, O God, in Jesus' name. Fix us, O God, in Jesus' name. Restore us, O God, in Jesus' name. Restore us, O God. Stand on your feet. If there's a daddy issue uh, Come on to this altar Just come Come All daddy stuff Come on down If there's a father or a child or whoever it is Just come Whoever wants me to pray for them Just come I ain't going to ask you what nothing is I can get down here too So come on Just pray I'm just come. I'm going to pray One more prayer Just come I'm waiting for you Just come you don't have to explain anything to anybody. Your dad may be a great guy. It could be anything. It could be anything. It could be the father to your children. It could be a father to somebody else that you know. It could be a father. I don't know what it is. I don't, know what, I don't know where it is or how it's connected. I'm waiting for you to come. Please come. Please come. Step up. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. This means you want to pray. That's all. That's all it means. That's all it means. I know. Makes you look bad, right? No? Doesn't make anybody look bad. It's the truth. Courageous conversations make they require courageous choices, courageous moments in your life. Mark Johnson, come on up here, boy. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you to pray. Come on up here. Mm-hmm. Grab that microphone over there, you pray boy. Get that microphone. Waiting on you. It's okay. It's okay. I'm waiting on you. You want to be free forever? Come on. You want to be free forever? You want to let it go? You want to really put it someplace where it needs to be? You want to bury this forever, or you want to carry it around with you? You put it someplace you want to put it someplace and say this is it nobody has to understand nobody nobody should even ask you don't even answer anybody's question nobody should ask you what this is about you know that this is about come on down waiting.
2: heavenly father lord god we come before you lord god um, in your honor and grace lord god lord god on this day lord god we we know we need you lord god Uh, no matter what role we coming from lord god we know that it's only your strength lord god that can get us through lord god we thank you for the existence of fathers lord god we thank you for what they have been and what they have not been lord god and lord god we ask for lord god the understanding lord that we can only adopt from you lord god to see people for what they are lord god we can't expect $200 from somebody that only has 20 Lord God. And Lord God, we pray, Lord God, for peace in the midst of whatever storm we are in, Lord God, to be able to just accept that and move forward, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for what you will do, Lord God, and for what you have done, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that everyone here, no matter on which side of the coin you are on, Lord God, will be a testimony from this point forward to help someone else who's hurting, Lord God you can and only you and because of what your sacrifice was Lord God you shine bright enough for us to be able to see something when it's dark we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen
0: you just don't know how powerful that was hands lifted high we release today release today out of the cage of our lives those who, who did not for whatever reason, whatever reason that brings us here, we release it now and we declare in Jesus' name that our minds are clear our hearts are clear and our future is bright in Jesus' name come on, in Jesus' name amen here's a rule Okay? This will help. you. Does anybody have $50,000 in your purse or, or pocket right now in your cash? Up here. You got it? You ain't got it? Okay, let's try 40. Girl, you didn't, you didn't pack up the cash today? Don't worry. She's got 30. You can loan her. No? Not cash? You ain't got no way purse? <laughs> You got to have it. You got a good job, brother. You know, I know where you work. You know what I'm saying? Okay, t- I'm down to 10000 You got an empty pocket. That's embarrassing. You got enough of paper now. <laughs> Nothing, boy. Oh, that mercy. Brother got a suit on. I know he got to have at least 80000 in his pocket today. He said, keep walking, Pastor. Keep walking, keep walking. <laughs> I saw you. I got the message. Keep going. In the bank, but not here. Oh, we're going to follow you to the bank then, boy. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, we can't give what we don't have. He was right. The reason they didn't give it to you, because they didn't have it. The maturity, whatever it was. and So you got to let this go today. Because just like right now, it was unfair for me to sit there and keep talking to you about what you don't have. It makes no sense for you to stay there. Should they have had it, that's another conversation. That's not the issue. They didn't have it. So now, guess what? Get your own. Come on. Amen. Get your own. So we lift our hands today. We walk out of here free, blessed and delivered today. We will not leave in bondage. We bless all the fathers who are trying. We bless all the men who gave it their best. We thank you, Lord, for the men who've risen from whatever went wrong in their life to be men now who will shine. I declare that one day they'll look back and say, that's where I was, but now I'm in a new place. And there's no condemnation, Lord God, healing all the way around to the fathers, those who are hurting and those fathers who are hurting because of their fathers whose fathers didn't give them what they needed, and so they passed that down to their kids. May that generational curse be broken today, and may this new life begin in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Thank you for coming up. Give God a big hand. Thank you for coming up. Go back to your seats, please. Thank you. You may be seated. We're going home. Thank you for being with us today. All of you that came, I pray this is a day of transformation for you. And if you're a father that doesn't know Jesus, here's my prayer for you. Are you ready? I'm going to pray one prayer. Father, I pray for any father that does not know Christ, any woman and any man in here who says, I've never given my life to Jesus, that's my, my missing link. And I pray this would be the beginning moment in their life when they would say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I declare that over their life in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. amen. Listen carefully.